Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 1. Last Sunday, last Sunday we were talking about faith, of course, and we read from Hebrews chapter 11, we read verse 1 and we commented on it, so I want to go back there today and kind of start there, but then go a little further than that. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. As I pointed out to you last Sunday, the word faith sometimes in the Bible is used in a, gen, in a general sense of the Christian faith, which in, in, usually when it's used that word that way, the text will read the faith. Uh, uh, be strong in the faith. Uh, uh, contend earnestly for the faith, it says in, in the book of Jude. Contending earnestly for the, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That would be the embodiment of the Christian uh, doctrine, belief, experience, everything we have, our common salvation. That would be the Christian faith. But here, this word is used in, a, in, a, in an abstract sense and, it seemed, and, it, and it's faith as a as a. Uh, a non-visible idea, a concept. This is talking about faith, the kind of faith you actually have in God, not just the Christian faith, but, but the exercise of faith that you have toward God. And he says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. We found out that the word substance means assurance or confidence. And uh, another translation said the title deed. So faith is the confidence, the assurance, the title deed of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word evidence in the original Greek just simply means proof. Faith then is the, is the confidence or the assurance of things hoped for, the proof of things not seen. Now, we talked last week about the fact that when he said things not seen, He's not just talking about uh, visual perception. He's talking about, that refers in, in, in a broad way to all of the senses. Because, you know, there are things you can see that you can't hear. I know Doug, is, Doug Brown is here this morning because I can see him. He wasn't here last Sunday. He was on vacation. I see him today. But I wouldn't have to see him. I could hear his voice. If I walked in the auditorium, was looking another direction, and I heard Doug talking, I recognized his voice. I'd know he was here because I could hear him. So we have, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can see, you can hear, you can smell. Thankfully, you, I wouldn't necessarily smell him. But listen, I have known people that I could walk in a room and I could tell you they were there. Am I tell you the truth? Yeah. There, I've known people that you just you wouldn't even have to know they were there. You just walk in, you go, "Oh boy, so and so's here," and it wasn't a good thing. But my point is, we have five physical senses. What are they? Hearing, uh, uh, 
touching, seeing, smelling, tasting. Well, those, those are the five senses that we use to contact the physical realm. You cannot contact the physical realm at all except through one of those five senses. It's impossible. Well, when he says faith is the evidence of things not seen, not seen, like Kenneth Wiest translates that, he said things not revealed to the senses. Faith is the assurance, the confidence of things hoped for. You might hope to receive your healing, but as long as you're staying in hope, that hope doesn't have any substance. You know, you can hope and hope and hope. I mean, you can just strain and, and just really gear down and hope for something real strong. It won't move you one step closer to that thing. And it won't bring that thing to you. You can hope and hope and hope. Now listen, the Bible talks about hope as a good thing. Hope is a good thing. It, it, the Bible talks about the blessed hope, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the hope of the church is the return of the Lord Jesus. It's hope because it's future. He's coming whether we believe it or not. Jesus Christ is going to appear to this earth again, whether we believe it or not. But we, we, that is a hope because it's future and it's a blessed hope. The Bible talks about hope being an anchor for the soul. So hope has its place, but when it comes to receiving from God, hope is an excellent goal setter, but it's not a good receiver. It anchors your soul. It, it sets you in the right direction. But in order for you to receive your need met from the Lord, you have to use faith and let faith become the assurance of the things you hope for. The proof of things that you cannot perceive with your senses. You're believing, you, you've asked God for your healing, for instance. And you come up in prayer and you pray and you ask God to heal you and you say, I believe I receive it. From that moment forward, your faith becomes the evidence. Your faith becomes the proof. Your faith becomes the assurance of the thing you've hoped for, not your feelings. It's the evidence of things not seen because right at the time, you might not feel healed. You might not feel any sensation of any kind in your body. You've asked the Lord to heal you. You've said, I believe I receive it. I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. And you don't feel anything. Well, a lot of people stumble right there. You say, well, are you healed? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I didn't feel anything. I don't feel any healed. I don't feel any different. I don't feel healed. Well, see, they're missing, they're missing uh, the, an, an understanding of faith because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Not revealed to the senses. Kenneth Wiest has an excellent uh, quote uh, about faith. And he said, faith apprehends, that is, he, it grasps, as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It rests on that fact acts upon it, and is upheld by it in the face of all that seems to contradict it. Because you see, in the sense realm, there are a lot of contradictions. If you're believing God for uh, extra money to meet your needs, you're believing God for a new job, uh, you know, and you, and you 
put in application and your application is not, is not uh, acting on or you're not hired. Well, that's a contradictory evidence. That's a contradictory circumstance. And the enemy will say, well, you see there, you prayed, but God didn't give you a job. No, the faith says, I have it. Notice says, now faith is. Faith says, I have it now before I can see it. I have to believe I have it. I have to believe I've received it before I have it, and then I'll have it. Jesus said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So before you actually have them, before there's any uh, uh, evidence to your senses, before there's any evidence in your bank account, before there's any evidence in your body, before there's any evidence in, in, uh, in, in any other realm that has to do with your praying, if you're praying about a family situation, it might not look like it's changing. Before there's any evidence of that, before you see anything, Jesus said, when you pray, believe you receive it and you will have it. Amen. Amen. Well, that's how faith works. That's what faith is and that's what you do. Uh, we talked last week a little bit about, uh, about that and we talked about the fact that faith is an act. I want you to go with me to, uh, to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Romans 4, verse number 3. Romans 4, 3 says, But what does the scripture say? And then it quotes from the Old Testament, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. I like the Barclay translation. That's more of a paraphrase, but it's good. The Barclay's paraphrase reads this way. Abraham took God at his word. And that act of faith was accepted as putting him into a right relationship with God. Abraham took God at his word and that act of faith. See, faith is simply taking God at his word. So many people stumble because they don't want to say or act like they have something that they've asked God in prayer for. They don't want to say they have it or act like they have it until they see it. Some people will even think that it's, that it's wrong, that it's lying to say you have something when you can't see it. Well, it depends on where you're coming from. If you're dealing strictly in the natural about something, and particularly if you're wanting to deceive someone, then certainly uh, saying that you, that you have something you don't have is a lie. If I told you that I had a... Uh, uh, you know, exotic sports car. If I was out someplace and, 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 and I was talking to somebody and I said, oh yeah, I have, you know, you know, I, I don't know much about exotic sports cars, but I, you know, had some kind of a Lamborghini or something, you know, a Ferrari. If I told somebody I had that when I don't, I'm lying. Isn't that right? But if God says I have something, see, if God says I have something, then 
It doesn't matter what it looks like. God, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, God, what God says is true. Anybody that contradicts that is a liar. A lot of lying Christians. A lot of lying Christians. Well, I, I don't feel like I'm healed. I can't tell that God's answered my prayer, so I'm gonna pray again. I'm gonna come back and pray again. Maybe get three or four more people to help me pray. Well, see, all of that's unbelief. Because Jesus said when you pray for anything, when you pray, he said whatever you desire, that's your hope, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. That means you don't have it, but you believe you receive it. What does that mean? That just simply means that Jesus said that it's yours the moment you pray. See, and that's in Mark eleven twenty four. In John chapter 16, he says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Isn't that right? Whatever things you ask, it's yours. He says that in the, in the, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount as well. Ask and it shall be given to you. Well, on God's word then, I have God's word for it. I'm not saying it's mine based on what I can see. I'm saying it's by mine based on what God said. Amen. Abraham simply took God at his word. But then the next part of the, of the Barclay translation says, and that act of faith was accepted as putting him into a right relationship with God. That act of faith. We're talking about, in this series, we're talking about honing our faith for the last days. Honing our faith for the last days. And we pointed out that God raised up the modern uh, faith uh, movement and it's simply a restoration. It's part of the restoration of all things. You know, ever since the, the, the Reformation, God has been restoring truths to the church, bringing the church back to a biblical pattern. And one area where the church was very weak in was in the area of understanding faith and how, how it works and how to believe God, how to get your prayers answered. And so God restored the truth of faith to the church. But he did it for a purpose that didn't seem apparent necessarily at the time. Because in, in the early days of the word of faith, it was all about receiving your needs being met. In other words, you're receiving your healing, receiving uh, a financial need or some material thing. Well, we pointed out last week, God allows the storms of life to come our way so that it'll give us opportunities to use our faith so that our faith will grow stronger. Faith doesn't grow strong if it's not used. That's how you grow strong in faith, by using your faith. Well, God, God, God uh, knew, he, do, he didn't, God does not send tests and trials and, and sickness and financial needs. God doesn't send, send those things. He doesn't have to. They're just part of life. 
They're part of human existence, human experience. We are continually confronted with needs and situations and storms of life and so forth. Listen, these things come. The devil, Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. God doesn't have to be in that business. God doesn't have to, doesn't have to bring those things. The devil does those things. But God has allowed us to use our faith. That's, this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to use our faith on our needs, on our everyday needs and on, and on the attacks of the enemy. He wants us to use our faith so that we grow strong in faith, so that our needs are met, but also so that he can do great things through us. God wants to use each one of us in these last days. The idea of just being saved, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and having your sins forgiven, and then your highest goal and aim in life is just to uh, live pure, stay out of sin, come to church, give in tithes and offerings, lift your hands in worship, but then go out and have no impact on the world around you is not what Christianity is all about. Now, all of those things I just described are essential. God wants all of those things, but he also wants us to go out from our place of assembly with, with uh, assignments that he will give us. God wants to use each of us to do great things. But it's difficult for God to use people who are not skilled in the faith walk. It's difficult for God to use people who are not skilled in the faith walk. Being weak in faith is a big hindrance to being used by God. So being, being weak in faith is a big hindrance in being used by God. Lack of ability... Lack of natural ability is not nearly as big a hindrance in being used by God as lack of faith. God can take a person who, who is strong in faith, who knows how to live by faith, who has proven himself not only to God, but to himself and to the devil. In other words, he has a track record of a person who knows how to believe God and receive the blessing of God. God can take someone, someone like that who doesn't have very much natural ability in a, in a particular, in a particular uh, enterprise and use them hugely. So lack of ability is not nearly the hindrance as lack of faith is. Amen. God wants us to become strong in faith so that we will be able to carry out the last day assignments he has for us. Like I said, the, the day of just coming to church and, and uh, participating in a local church and then living a pure, clean life by itself... That's, that will not do in the last days. Amen. Now, living right and having a good witness in your lifestyle 
will always be important. That will always be important. Because you're, you're not going to be effective in ministering to other people and bringing people to Christ it, when, when, when you live a conflicted life or a hypocritical life or you appear to be hypocritical to other people when you don't live what you preach. But having, having gotten that in order, God, in these last days, the last day's church will be an active church. A spiritually activist church. You know what an activist is? An activist is not someone who is just, who, who simply agrees with the philosophy. An activist goes about to establish that, that philosophy, to, to act on it, to, to persuade other people, to affect other people, to bring other people in. Well, the last day's church has to become in that sense, spiritually, an activist church. We have to be out there in the trenches doing the works of God. And God has assignments for each one of us. And those assignments aren't just created on the spur of the moment. There are assignments from God that are given to us before we were born. Paul talked about that. Paul talked about the fact that, that uh, in Christ Jesus, before time began, God ordained him to be an apostle. God ordains us. God sets us in places. And, and, and these things about our lives have been ordained and ordered of God before time began. So we have assignments, but those assignments can't be carried out if we're not full of faith. Now, God will test our faithfulness to find out if we can be trusted to do other things. God will give us small things to do, and, and sometimes we miss those small things. God will prompt us and lead us to do something very simple. And what God is, one thing that God uh, does not gift people with is faithfulness. That's something that we have to develop in our own life. And so God will give us smaller assignments for us to prove our faithfulness. He will not entrust the larger things, the heavier things, the greater things to someone who will not even raise their hand in church. Now, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying, if you're in church and, 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 you, and you sense the spirit of God come on you and you just want to raise your hands, but you're so, you're so uh, uh, stiff and religious that you won't respond, well, how are you going to respond on the big things? When the taking it a step for, uh, further, when the Spirit is moving in a service and the Holy Ghost comes upon you to, to respond in a, in a demonstrative way, in the demonstrations of the Spirit, and, and you just stand there and you say, oh, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I ought to do that. I don't know what people say. You just failed the test. That was, a, that was an opportunity for God to, for you to yield to the Spirit so that he can say, now, let me give him something else. Amen. 
There are assignments for each one of us and they're uniquely suited to us. They're, you know, if, if, you're, if, if you were ever in the military or if you're in the business world today or in any professional arena, the superiors always give assignments to people whom they feel can carry out the assignment. The head of the company doesn't come to the new recruit that just hired on and give him an assignment that belongs to a vice president. That's not how that works. Superiors always give assignments to those to whom they're suited for. And of course, when that person carries out that assignment, then it begins to build a track record. And they begin to get greater and more meaningful and more substantive and more responsible assignments. Isn't that right? God has assignments for all of us and they're uniquely suited for us. God has assignments for you. They're uniquely suited for you. They fit you perfectly. So when the Holy Ghost... When you sense the spirit of the Lord moving on you to do something, know that God has already determined that this suits you. It's within your wheelhouse. It's, it's, within, it's within the scope of where you are spiritually. Amen. God's not trying to determine whether or not you can do it. He already knows you can do it. He's entrusting a sacred assignment to you that you can, that he, that he can and will help you do. But you have to cooperate with him. Many people, like I said, repeatedly fail to obey the most basic assignments and they never get any further. Why do they do that? Lack of faith. Well, how does faith come in, come in this? Acting on the prompting of the spirit. Abraham took God at his word and this act of faith, amen. It takes faith to carry out the assignments of the Lord. God never asks us to do something we can accomplish in our own strength. You ever notice that? He never asks us to to do anything that we can do on our own. He always gives us an assignment that depends upon him coming through. That's where faith is involved. The Lord may, you may be in public somewhere and the Lord may, may instruct you, you're in the mall and someone's sitting on a bench at the mall and, and, you've, and you're on your way, you know, from one store to another store and all the men are sitting out in the, on, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the concourse on the benches waiting for their wives to get through shopping. You know, I've been there. And, uh, and the Lord made, and the Lord made deal with you. Go, go sit down next to that man and, and begin to, to minister to him. Well, you don't know what you're going to minister. Well, what will I say? I don't know him. And maybe he, you know, he'll get mad and cuss me out, or maybe he'll just get up and walk off, or, uh, maybe he's just sitting there and his wife just died and he's just grieving and I'm just going to come up and just walk in the middle. All these thoughts begin to run through your mind. Faith simply acts on what God said, believing and trusting that if God led you to go talk to that person, then he will direct you further. Just start moving in that direction. Go, go sit down next to the person. 
And just casually strike up a, a, a conversation and, and let God lead you further. Like I said last week, in ministry, God never tells you everything. Because if he did, you wouldn't be walking by faith. You'd be walking by sight and that wouldn't please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So anything, any assignment God gives you, he never gives you the whole picture. He never gives you everything you'd like to know. Oh yeah, you'd like to know, well, exactly how can I minister to that person? Exactly what, where, what's their situation? You don't know, they're a stranger. Like I said last week, he could pull, in, pull in into, his, into his, his vest and pull out a hammer and just hit you on the head with it. Doesn't like to be talked about about. I've, I've met people like that, have you? Not with a hammer, but necessarily, but. I've, I've ministered to people. I've gone to see people. You know, sitting in the hospital, I'm going there. Somebody wants me to go there. I go in there, and I've had I've had uh, people say, "Hold it, pastor. Hold it, preacher. Not pastor. Hold it, preacher. Don't talk to me about God. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want anything you have to say about. It. If you want to sit and visit, you know, and talk about whatever, don't talk to me about God. I'm not interested. Some you never know how someone's going to respond, but faith acts on God's word. And in that situation, God is, God's word is what he's speaking to your spirit. Amen. Uh, this is why acting on what you believe in your everyday life is so central to receiving from God. Acting on your faith or having what we referred to in James 2 or having corresponding action is what completes your faith. And brings about the manifestation of the answer. Well, it's the same in ministry as it is in your personal life. Acting causes the manifestation to come. That person is not going to be ministered to. And God's not going to be able to do in that person's life what he wants to do until somebody responds. Christopher Allen was just a young man, unsaved Muslim man on the streets, basically living on the streets of Pakistan and a Christian in, a, in a, a Muslim country, a Christian came up to him on the street and witnessed to him. Well, if, if you know, living in America, you have a lot of opportunities to hear the gospel. On the streets of Pakistan, you don't have many. They're just not, particularly at that time in the, in the early 70s, probably... Uh, very, very, very few opportunities to hear the gospel. What if the man hadn't obeyed? What if he hadn't acted on the word of the Lord to him, which was go share the gospel with this young man? What if he hadn't, what if he hadn't acted? And, 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 and we know there were only limited opportunities for, for Christopher to hear the gospel. What if he never heard? Amen. This is why learning to act on your faith is so important. Learning how to act in the everyday situations of life. It keeps us keen. It keeps us sharp. When we're, when we're continually acting on what God says about our physical situation and our own needs and, and, and provision for ourselves, when we're in the habit of acting simply because God said to do it, Knowing that even though the circumstances contradict, 
You ignore the circumstances and you go ahead and act on what God said. A person like that, God can use to do great things. Go with me over to Hebrews. We'll, we'll try to close with this. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Verse number eight says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, God called Abraham. Actually, the Bible says that his father, Terah, had taken his son Abraham and his wife and he had taken his grandson, which was, which was Abraham's nephew. Uh, uh, Terah had another son. His name was, was Nahor and, or Nabor, uh, Nabor or Nahor. He didn't leave with, with Terah. Terah didn't take him, but he took his son Abraham and he took his grandson Lot and he left Ur of the Chaldeans in Mesopotamia. And he left heading for Canaan. Now, the Bible doesn't say if he was led by the Lord, but yeah, you have to believe he was led to do that. He left his home and his homeland, took his son and his grandson, his wife, and so forth, and, and, and their belongings, and set out for Cana. But in the 11th chapter of, of, of Genesis, it says that... Uh, Along the way, he stopped at Haran. Now, we don't know why he stopped, but he stopped there and he, and he, he set up camp. In other words, he settled down there. And then it goes on to say that he died. Uh, uh, Terah, Abraham's father, died in Haran. He was only 200, a little over 200 years old, which at that time was not very old. So maybe he stopped in Haran because he had bad health and the journey was hard on him. But anyway, they settled in Haran and then he died. Well, then the Lord spoke to Abraham and said, get up. Go, go over with me. Hold your place here in Hebrews 11. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. We're talking about acting on our faith. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, we know him as Abraham. He was, his name was later changed to Abraham. Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram, notice God said, Get out of your country and leave your family and go to a land that I will show you. And it says that Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went with him. In Hebrews, it says that, that in Hebrews 11, it says that Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. So Abraham started out just to obey God. God gave him a word. He didn't know everything. He didn't know where he was going. Well, since 
since his father has already started in the direction of Canaan, then Abraham starts to, to head to Canaan. Not knowing where he was going. The Lord said, I will, t- I will, I want you to go out to a land that I will give to you. The older King James says that you shall afterward receive as an inheritance. You know, that's how God works. He instructs us to do things that after we obey, there'll be a manifestation. After we obey, after we you say, and a lot of times you, you would say, yeah, but I'm not sure what's next. Well, join the club. You're in the Abram club. God could not reveal that place as long as Abraham stayed in Haran. As long as Abraham stayed in, a- a- in Haran, just praying and seeking, oh, God, give me direction. Lord, where do you want me to go? The Lord said, get up and go. And I will show you. And I will give you. So Abraham obeyed, not knowing where he was going. That's how faith operates. Whether it's your healing, it doesn't look like you're healed. You don't know. Is is God just going to, his power just fall on you? And you're just, you know, here, some people describe the healing anointing, you know, the healing power as like somebody poured, uh, you know, hot molasses or oil on your, on someone's head and just burned and it went out their body and out the end of their fingers and out the end of their toes and they were healed. You know, is it going to happen that way? Or is it going to come some other way? You don't know. You just act. Say, no, I believe it's mine. And then you take the next act of faith, which is to act like you're healed. Abraham acted like he knew where he was going. I mean, he took a lot with, how many of you would go with somebody that doesn't know where they're going? (laughs) Abraham acted like he knew where he was going. But on the inside, he's trusting God. See, that's what faith does. In ministry, in 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 these last days, God will give assignments to us And we have to be skillful in faith so that when we get an assignment, whether it's, listen, don't let that word spook you. Assignments can be little things. They're not all big things. Because like I said, God will will give us little assignments and see how we do with them. But when we get that assignment from the Lord, we we have to go out. Not fully knowing where we're going. Not really knowing how it's gonna turn out. Not knowing how people are gonna respond. Not knowing what God's provision is going to be. Trusting God to then help us and come through in our endeavors. I tell you what, the last days, I am so thrilled that I'm living in the last days. Oh, hallelujah. You're talking about an awesome time to live. Daily faith adventures, daily assignments, little things, larger things coming. Being used of God to bring in the harvest. Listen, to bring in the harvest in these last days is going to take godly wisdom, godly direction.
The church has proven. I've said for years, the church is, is an expert in things that don't work. We have all kinds of ideas and all kinds of plans. How many evangelism schemes have you heard of? I've heard of hundreds, I guess. Different plans that people have to win the world, to win their community, to win, you know, whatever. You ever notice those things never work? But that doesn't stop the church. We just keep doing them again and again and again and next year and that next year after that just because it's just a, such a good plan. It has to work. I mean, I thought of it. And I've worked this out. I know it will work, but it doesn't work. No, to win this world is gonna take divine insight. I'm talking about we're not gonna win the whole world, but to win the people we're gonna win takes divine insight, divine wisdom, divine direction, aka assignments from heaven. Takes faith to step out and do them. Amen. Faith says, well, I don't know where this has taken me, but I know the Lord said, do this. Take this step. Lots of times that's all you, that's all you know. All you have is a step. That's all Abraham had. And he, and he headed out not knowing where he was going. Ooh, but look what he received. Hallelujah. God said, I'm gonna give you the world. He told him he will inherit the world. Oh, Hallelujah. Didn't look like much at the time. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Well, let's stand up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for faith. Heaven's faith. Thank you, Father, for teaching us how to live by faith and how to walk by faith. How to exercise faith every day for our needs and for uh, holding up the shield of faith whereby we quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Thank you for that, Father. Because, Lord, we know that not only do you want our needs met, not only do you want us to walk in victory personally, you want us to take this victory to others who don't know. You Lord, Lord, you want to use us. Great assignments, great things. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Let's lift our hands. It's not a funeral. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for faith assignments. Thank you for direction in these last days. Thank you for the plan. Glory to God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the leading of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Praise God. We thank you, Father, that we can depend upon you, that we can trust you as we learn to yield to the prompting of the Spirit, as we learn to yield, as we learn to obey and to go out, to step, to take that step of faith. Taking that step of faith will usher us into marvelous victories 
marvelous miracles, marvelous conquests for the work of God. Just taking simple steps of faith, acting, acting, acting on what we believe, simply because we know God's leading. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Become skillful, and it'll not happen overnight. But become skillful in hearing the voice of God. Learn to train yourself. Learn to respond to the promptings of the Spirit when the Spirit of God stirs you on the inside. And you have that inward witness, that inward knowing, that inward something that's prompting you to go in a particular direction. Learn to yield to that and thereby learn to recognize the moving of God. Learn to become familiar with how he moves in your life and how he leads you. Become familiar with it. Get used to it. And that can only come about, says the Lord. It can only come about by obedience, by acting as best you can, perceiving as clearly as you can on the inside what the Lord is saying. You will learn the difference. You will learn what is of the Spirit and what isn't. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to miss it. That's why the Lord leads in small steps. That's why the assignments start out as something that doesn't, that doesn't look like that much. It's because you can learn in those little things. Do not despise the little things. Do not, do not despise. Do not overlook. Overlook. Do not neglect the little things, those little promptings of the Spirit. Because the Lord says He's training you to take on greater assignments. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.